And no, I'm not going to fucking pay $3 more to watch movies without ads, you fucksticks. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners, to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. All right, I'll put that voice away. Hi, I'm one of your co-hosts, Wendy, <laughs> joined as always by the fabulous Melissa, who's right over there. Right here. Just on the other side of I-35 from me. Hop, skip, and a jump. And we are <laughs> that, back. That's once. a pretty long skip. <laughs> <laughs> the hop, the, the initial hop, Melissa, has to be fairly oh. large. After that, it's yeah. just all downhill. Mm-hmm. The hop being... Yeah. Oklahoma. Um, (laughs) So we are back once again, dear listeners, to uh, share things that have brought us joy, catch up on uh, cinema we have consumed recently, etc., etc., etc. So, so hello, Melissa. Hello. Hello, Mindy. Hello, Um, Mindy. You you partake of so much cinema. I recently have been partaking more of TV. which is odd for me because normally I have eschewed it. Uh, I mm-hmm. will say we finished season two of The Bear and I cannot even begin to tell you how grateful I was to hear that season three was already in production because, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to have to tell me, a lot of people have told me The Bear is great, but I don't know anything about it. Please, please, oh. Wendy, tell me about The Bear. Okay, and I will. Also, I did watch a movie this week that I do oh, want to talk to you about. Um, the Bear is um okay i'm trying to think like tonally like it's it's hard to come up with a good tone it is it's got the bones of ted lasso except gritty in chicago if that makes sense okay so it is about a young man who has been the chef de cuisine the the chef the head like Mm -hmm. At the at one of the best restaurants in the world, but his brother, who owned the family restaurant, like I believe they make it clear, his father started it, and then his brother has been running it after his father. Um, mm-hmm. The called the Beef, the original Chicagoland Beef, or something like that. It's the Beef. Uh, mm-hmm. His brother, um, very complicated person, has committed suicide, and so he oh. has come to take over the business. He has left his very posh, very high-profile job to come take over this sandwich shop in Chicago with all of the random people working there that he knows because these people have been working there for years and it's a family business. They know each other. But now he's in charge. And like, like you step into it. You find all of this out through context clues, through flashbacks and other things. Like the the first thing is, nope, we're just in the middle of the restaurant and it's a shit show. Um, It's got Jeremy Allen White playing the lead character, Carmen, 
called Carmi. And the cast of characters is like there's about eight of them who regularly work here. Of course, we're dealing with his family issues and trauma. And we're dealing with the other characters sort of growing and changing. And it is like it is unlike Ted Lasso, which is a great big hug. Mm -hmm. This this is a movie. This, this is a show like if you were to sit down and have a good. Have a good shit talking session with your friend over a glass of whiskey, like you're okay. still going to come out feeling like having that warm glow in your chest mm -hmm. and the way these characters grow even by the end of season two i'm just like oh my god i'm in love with them characters that i hated at the beginning of the show i'm like oh my god i love you so much now <laughs> so it's that kind of show i will say slight spoiler um but also kind of heads up season two is a bit of empire strikes back in that it doesn't Season one ended with a nice bow on it. So mm -hmm. like if there wasn't a season two, you could leave it there and be like, right. I feel good. Season two is very clearly they know they're getting a season three. So they felt free to leave some very important things <laughs> up in the air. <laughs> and so I'm I just like we wrapped up. We're like, that was so good. But also, oh, my God, if there's not a season three, I will absolutely flip a table. So, so I do. Yeah, I, I really, I really do recommend it. And the fun part is most of the episodes are 30 minutes and like the first season, oh, nice. like eight episode. And I think the second season's either 10 or 12. And like, I will say in each season, there's like one episode that's a double length. So, and it will, they don't tell you, they don't like, but you're just like, wow, this episode's been going on for a long time, but also I, this this is a lot like you're mm -hmm. you're not bothered by it you're just like oh 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 this is a long that's that's why <laughs> sort of getting inundated with the feels yeah uh so yeah so the bear and the bear is nice. sort of a nickname for carmy but it also seems to be a nickname that gets thrown around to various other people and also not coincidentally the bear is this dream restaurant that he used to talk about with his older brother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, so that's, that's that. But Melissa, what yes. did you, what movie did you see that you would like to share with us today? Ooh, there, there have been several things over the week that I've enjoyed. And um, there are, uh, I'm going to lean into two of them, which is actually three films, but two of the films are actually one film. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> You're so, pulling a Wendy. I'm, I'm pulling a Wendy, but I feel like I need to, to talk about some stuff. So first of all, um, over the past two weeks um, on Criterion, uh, well, you know, I have the Monday Night Criterion channel group. There's like four of us. We get together on uh, Discord and we all pick something to watch on Criterion together. And so for the last two weeks... We have been watching the two-movie series. It was actually filmed as one long four-hour movie, but they split it in half. Uh, the first one is uh, Jean de Florette, and the second one is Manon of the Spring. Oh, French sure. films, 1980s, set in 
I think it was set like right after World War One or so, somewhere in there. But it's set in this very secluded rural community in province, I think it is. It it is right along the French Italian border in the in the little hills, mountains, uh, very very pastoral. So it's this tiny little town. And people are living there without electricity and stuff, and and uh, they're relying on the the spring water that comes off the mountain, and they're they're farming and they have farm animals and stuff. So the first movie starts off with these two guys. There's the uh, father figure who is getting up there in age, and he has his nephew. And this is the entirety of their family. Everybody else has died off. And he's like, oh, nephew, I want to leave you my farm and assure your success. And and they're talking about it. And his, his son, or not son, his nephew comes up with this idea that instead of, of you know, just doing subsistence farming, he wants to, he, he got... While traveling, he got these special carnation seeds, and he wants to try raising carnations because at this point in time, they actually fresh flowers sell for a hefty price. Yeah. And they figure out, you know, growing these uh, carnations, well, they're going to need, you know, some extra water. And what they really want to do is take over that farmstead over there. <laughs> which uh, has a grumpy old man living on it and he's not doing much with the land and they know there's a spring there on the land that hasn't been really dug into to to release the water so it's not really being used. It's like, boy, I'd really like that spring and then we could have our carnation farm make a bunch of money. And, but we can't tell the guy living over there that he has a valuable spring on his land. So we have to figure out a way to, you know, get him to bottom dollar so he'll sell for cheap. And they go over and they make their offer and the guy laughs at him and they get into a fight. And and um, the, the during the fight, the guy on the other parcel of land they want falls, hits his head on a rock and dies. So... <laughs> It's kind of murder, kind of not, but you know, and they go, Oh no, what'll happen now? And then they go, Oh, oh, he still has living relatives. So this will pass on to their relative, the relatives, but they're city dwellers. So they'll probably want to sell to us anyway. We'll just deal with them. And it turns out the city dwellers, uh, the, the, the guy who gets the farm, happens to be Gerald Depardieu, and, uh, who is also a hunchback. And he comes in with his family, and, and uh, he, has, he is a city boy, but he wants to try living the country life. And uh, he has all these harebrained ideas, and he's read lots of books about making a farm here. And so the original guy is the neighbors go oh okay what if we what if we plug up that spring so his business idea fails and then and then he'll want to sell for cheap and so it's this ever increasing <laughs> war game between these guys who just want to buy this land for cheap and this city guy who's got these highfalutin ideas about like raising rabbits <laughs> and and uh, having to haul in all the, the water from higher up the mountain, you know, all the whatever. Anyway, so it's it's water wars <laughs> between two neighbors. 
And the second movie, the, the second half of this four hour epic is what happens 20 years later. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's the it is great movie making. It I've is, seen Manon. I've seen Manon of the Spring. Yeah. Manon of the Spring is amazing, isn't it? Um, because... Well, and it's got Emmanuel Baer, or however mm-hmm. you say her last name, and she is yeah. one of the most unearthly, beautiful female people I have ever seen in my life. Very much yeah. like M- young Michelle Pfeiffer, where you're just like, um, I'm sorry, I think you might be ethereal. I believe that's the word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing how, like, the whole first movie, as satisfying as it is on its own, it's all set up for the second movie. And the second movie is all the chickens coming home to roost, <laughs> so to like, speak. You're selling me because we're going to greatly restructure, as we've mentioned before, our, our mm-hmm. streaming subscriptions. And I'm yeah. considering a BBC subscription, either BBC America or Acorns. Depending, mm-hmm. I need to look at what shows. And like, I'm like, maybe Criterion, but like, we're going to get rid of everything else. Because Disney, Disney Plus is now also going to limit to people are yeah. in the same house and commercials oh god no yeah starting in march oh you didn't want commercials pay extra you're just on the basic plan oh so thank you very much disney so bye anyway i just i just yeeted uh prime yesterday for the same reason yeah i'm i've got it there's some stuff i need to watch on there before i eat it I need, well, I the need thing to watch... about Prime mm-hmm. is that you can still rent stuff off of it if you don't have Prime. That's true. You know what? That is a good reminder. And 90% of the time, I am just renting stuff off of Prime on top of what I'm paying for Prime. So, fuck it. I'll yeah. just pay for rentals if I go... Actually, what I'll probably do is just rent it from Apple or Voodoo. Yeah, because Voodoo, honestly, Voodoo has been treating me well. Voodoo's treating me well. Prime these days, Prime isn't worth Prime. Like, oh, it's no. a Prime thing. It's still going to take five days to get here. What? What? Yeah, um, Prime. Prime is garbage now. Yeah, we know this. Uh, what yeah. was the other movie? The other movie is one I watched last night off of Shutter. Uh, it is called The Passenger, mm. and I cannot recall the the. Spanish translation, but it is a Spanish movie made in Spain uh, in 2019, I think. So fairly recent. No, no, no. It was like 2021. It was post pandemic. Okay. So it's the story of basically an Uber driver. And he, he's kind of this crusty older guy with like one eye and, uh, you know, I got to be free and I got to be me sort of guys, but he's, his, his passion, his true passion is his van. And he has this like old 1970s kind of, uh, not like a panel banner mini bus, probably best described as a mini bus that he has lovingly preserved. And that is his vehicle of choice for doing Uber basically. So Mm -hmm. he has been hired to take three people to a rather remote location in Spain. Two people are uh, mother and daughter. And then the third person is another woman who, and they don't know each other. And so they all, these four people are in this 
crazy old kind of uncomfortable van and uh uh none of them are really getting along on this long road trip and eventually uh as they're driving at night the they're arguing about something and suddenly there's there's a woman in the road and the van just smacks into her oh no and then shit goes sideways and i don't <laughs> want to say what it is it is a horror movie and it is uh it 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 is rather good like um it's it's very character driven and um even though you don't really like the characters at first you you start to warm to them eventually mm-hmm. and um for a movie that takes place 90% inside of a vehicle it is just exquisitely filmed so it never gets stale Ooh. it's really fascinating and uh it's it's really fun and um there's this whole theme about uh like toreador music <laughs> because there's one cassette tape jammed in the tape deck and it won't come out uh <laughs> the van is kind of its own character in in the in the movie <laughs> Uh, it there are some really nice comic moments with um, unexpected types of music playing over various things that are going on, and yeah. So I rather enjoyed that. The passenger. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was that was that was. It was a movie that we selected for the Shutter Group, uh, based solely on the artwork that was on uh, Shutter, <laughs> the, the <laughs> screenshot. Yeah. It's like oh. That kind of looks great. Let's watch that. And lo and behold, it was better than we expected. Yay! Always Yay. a win. Always a yeah. win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I finally saw a, f- a film that is like recent. It's still in theaters. Ooh. <laughs> no, it was not. Poor thing. Sorry. Although okay. my birthday's coming up. And so I think we might go out and see some movies this coming weekend for my Excellent. birthday. And so that one is definitely on the short list. Um, No, I watched American Fiction. Oh, I want to see that. Jeffrey Wright can do no wrong. You are not wrong. And yes, you do want to see it. Uh, We loved it. Uh, It might... It's right up there with Barbie for my favorite film of last year. And not surprisingly, it's very similar to Barbie in um, sort of satiric tone it is a meta comedy like nice uh and much like barbie it's not laugh out loud funny but you will laugh there will be laughs okay and but also a whole lot of eye rolling (laughs) a whole whole lot of eye rolling um and like i don't think there's any way to spoil a movie like this but it is really a movie about how how blackness is performed for white people oh boy yeah oh Um, boy and so like this is overwhelmingly a black story and yet i feel comfortable talking about it from the lens of i'm one of the people i'm one of the i'm i'm the white and Mm -hmm. Boy, do they have us dead to rights. <laughs> Does this movie have us dead to rights? 
Um, it, this is a movie that escalates, that takes a couple of sharp turns into, wait, what? And the cast, <laughs> holy shit, the cast. You get Lupita Nyong'o, you get Sterling K. Brown, of course you get Jeffrey Wright. And I just, oh, yeah. Oh, Melissa, I... I want you to see it uh, because Cargill highly recommended it. And uh, like the minute I finished it, I texted Cargill and I'm like, you were not that movie. And he's like, right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I cannot wait for you to see it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Talk about it. And like, there are some things that I really want to talk to you about, but I don't want to spoil them. So I do need, so I'll see poor things and you see American fiction and we will regroup. (laughs) It's a deal. Very, very much so. Um, like, the- by the way, Wendy, have you seen that uh, coming up? I think within the next week is being released Diablo Cody's new film. No. Oh, goody. You, do you know what it is? No, I. I feel like I should. Like, I feel like I've. It's been mentioned, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It. It's called Lisa Frankenstein. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so it's this female twist on Frankenstein story, but it's like bright and poppy colors and comedy. Oh, and oh yes, yes, you got to yes, see yes, the yes, trailer yes. on that thing. I'm yes, very yes, excited yes, yes, to yes, see yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Um. So yeah. Uh. And also, okay. To, to come back to American fiction, like. Oh yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean uh, to. Oh interrupt. no, no, no. You're fine. Um. Like, it opens strong, the scene there. You will know exactly what I mean when you see it. Like, it it makes its thesis statement within the first couple of minutes. Um, and then you have this, uh, like, this complicated family where it's clear there's a lot of trauma. And, mm-hmm. and like, this is a family that feels like they, like, you can, you can tell that they all feel like this is, jangly right um like mm-hmm. at one point jeffrey wright is like you know they're like why don't you go home and relax like go go to boston relax see your family he's like seeing my family and relaxing those are two very different things right so that sort of energy and yet mm-hmm. when they get around each other like there's this really warm affection like yeah they're poking at each other but it's but they're but they're poking to find the laugh with each other almost okay. almost consistently right okay. Okay. and so and and i just really liked these characters the siblings and then they're dealing with slight spoiler they're dealing with the mom which when he went out there to visit his family he's in la and he goes to boston when he like he had no idea but it quickly becomes apparent that his mom is is in the beginnings of all alzheimer's and it's time to oh Oh, oh, she's not well. Oh, inf- oh, we need to find care. Like, okay. So it, it kind of it sort of snowballs very quickly because he got to be, you know, it got to be invisible to him when he was in L.A. So so you don't get much of a character for the mom because of that, but you get their interactions with her and their interactions with each other. I really, really liked these characters a lot. Um, nice. so yeah, I, I just, I really recommend it. And like the way the whole movie ends was like, bo- like this gut punch of sh- kind of shocked laughter <laughs> <laughs> and like, no, that is the absolute perfect ending. Ding. 
Much like Perfect. Barbie, right? Like, I'm here to see mm-hmm. my gynecologist. Like, it yanks Ta-da! a laugh out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, honestly, these two movies would make a perfect double feature together. So anyway, so that was what I saw. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, I'm excited to see it. You should be excited. Um, yes. What? So it's time, Melissa. What, what has brought you joy? What has brought you joy this week? Well, this is actually related to La Pasajera. That is the Spanish name of the passenger. The very the the song that plays over the closing credits is fucking amazing. Because like I said earlier, there's this whole kind of Toreador music thing going on because that's a cassette that's jammed in the tape player. Well, the song that plays over the closing credits is this amazing jazz rendition of a pasodoble. Oh nice. I'll see if I can um I will Play it for you through my microphone, and then I'll probably just lay in some proper sound when I actually edit this. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I can yeah, see right? why you love that. Yeah, and I, and bless you, Apple Music. It has only one song from that movie, and it—that's the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, dear listeners, I will link to it in the show notes so you can enjoy the whole thing. It is—it is quite good. Now I need to find out more about that band. Yeah, you do because they. Yeah, I mean, yeah that that was great. Hmm. Um, it's good stuff. How about you, Wendy? What what brought oh, you joy this week? Uh, so, um, brought me joy specifically today because I ticked it off my list. But um, what has brought me joy is uh, the local theater here, which is Zach Theater. Um, mm-hmm. They are doing, of co- like, you can buy a subscription for the whole season, but it's ridiculously expensive. And I'm really only interested in a handful of shows. But Melissa, when I tell you how happy I am, because today I bought tickets for us to go see A Year with Frog and Toad, which is Aww. one of our favorite musicals ever. Yes, it's a children's musical. And <laughs> yet it has the best songs. It is so silly and sweet. And we are dragging the Cargills and Tony with us. We're like, we love this musical and we want to share it with you. Please come. Perfect. And so we are going to get Perfect. to share A Year with Frog and Toad. And Theodora, my snarky, full-on teenager kiddo, 15-year-old, is like, oh, Frog and Toad! <laughs> and like trying to convince their cohort, their classmates, like, no, the, like her theater, their theater classmates, like, no, really, this is a really good show, and you should want to go, and if you don't understand, that's not my problem, and I will unashamedly just be like, yay, frog and toad. So I bought the tickets today Aww. for us to see it in March, and very much looking forward to it. I highly recommend you can find the soundtrack online. I, okay. In fact, on YouTube, you can even find footage of different like community theaters and whatnot doing scenes from the show. Um, it was a 
originally written written and created at the Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis. And then, oh, yes, yeah. it did go to Broadway for a brief run. Um, but the set, like, listen to the soundtrack. The soundtrack is just flippin' delightful. Um, so, yeah. Yay. And Fantastic. It's, I need to turn it on so it'll get Les Mis out of my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll send you the the uh, Paso Doble. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, yeah, please. There you go. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. My kiddo absolutely killed it in their death scene every night. But I am perfect, ready to be done with Les Mis. So, <laughs> so listeners, thank you for joining us here in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, as uh, we have given you some movie recommendations for you to seek out and a couple of other. Um, Joyful amuse bouches. Mm-hmm. Amuses bouche? I bet it's amuses Amu- bouche. I think it is. Mm. Yes, I think it is. I think it is too. I think it um, is. And so take this with you as you go seek out joy in, and cinema in your own lives. And we will speak to you again whenever that may be, because honestly, let's not constrain ourselves. Uh, yeah, I think I've got a backlog of three episodes to edit. <laughs> oh, dear listeners, be ready for February. <laughs> it is it is what it is, and let's just not tie ourselves down. So, but yes. uh, as per usual, I have been one of your co-hosts, Wendy, joined as always by... Melissa! And we are so grateful that you joined us here in our dome, and we hope that your days are bright and joyful. Bye! Bye! Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown, and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive almost every week. You can find us on iTunes and on other podcatchers. You can also visit us and listen at our website, xanaducinema.com. Not everybody knows everything always. I, I've, I've had to like <laughs> accept that in my life.